today we're going to have freedom in this house, one way or the other. We're going to be chain breakers this morning. The Lord wants to raise your expectation because your, your level of expectation is the level of your receptiveness. So if you come and you don't want to receive, you're just coming to do whatever, that's probably what you're going to get out of it. Jesus wanted to know, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? You want to be healed? Be healed then. What do you want from me? Ask and you shall receive. So we're going to pray right now. We're welcoming a new season of atmosphere, spiritual atmosphere in this house. I will not give in to lackadaisical spirituality. I will not give in to nominal Christianity. We will be a people. We will be a people that is fired up for our God. We will have tongues of fire on our heads. We will be people who are chain breakers. Today, today you're going to break some chains. I'm going to guarantee you he came. He came to empower you to do that. So we're going to pray. You know, I, I, I'm going <laughs> to... You know what? I just really feel like the Lord says, you know what, Lynn? You go for it. And, don't, and you challenge the people. Challenge the people. Challenge the people. Don't you let them stay in their comfort zone. Challenge the people. So we're going to challenge you today. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. You're going to step out of your comfort zone today. If you wanted to be in a church where there's a comfort zone, there are plenty of those out there. Plenty. But if you want to be a place of empowerment, if you want to be a place where you have purpose, when you leave this house, you know you walk in power and authority, you're in the right place. But we learn this. We function together so that when you leave this place, you walk in it. Come on, let's raise our hands. And, and surrender for such a time as this. The Lord, you know, I just feel the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit in this house. He, there has been a shift over this house. There is a shift over you. May there be revelation to you today regarding that. But I break any, any sort of a spirit that would try to prevent what you want to do. I, pr I break a religious spirit that wants to keep you contained in, in a box of comfort, in a box of even their own intellectual understanding. We break that off. We break that off. You are going to challenge us today, spirit to spirit. You're going to call us out in great, you're calling us out of the boat. You're calling us to walk on water. You're calling us to be the supernatural people that you, you gave your precious son blood for us to be. We are to be supernatural people, not walking just in the flesh. We are not to walk in the flesh. We are to walk in the spirit. Father, we break off. Lord, I pray focus. I pray transform mind. I pray Romans 12, 1 and 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I say transformation. We're coming out of the cave. We're coming out of the darkness. We're coming into your glorious light. We're growing. We're growing in you. Come on, people. Let's worship him. Come on. Let's exalt his name. Let us exalt his name together. Be magnified. Be magnified. Be magnified. 
Fighting back. That's fine. I have a testimony for you. I want you just to stay standing. You haven't been standing that long. Karina, come on up. I want you to tell this body what God did for your life at the women's retreat. How you have a new thing in your life that the Lord did. Good morning, everybody. So um, I went to the women's retreat, the, and it was my first time ever going to a women's retreat. I didn't know what to expect, and you know, I was just—I wasn't really feeling the Lord with me as much as I did um, when I first started walking with Him, and um, I just went openly, just you know expecting the Lord to come and do something. I didn't know what it was going to be, um, but it wasn't until we got our uh, prophetic word that it really hit me. Um, and, you know, sometimes we hear things a lot. People tell us all the time, but it doesn't hit you like that light bulb goes on. And uh, that light bulb just went on for me. And um, he was just telling me that, you know, even though you don't see me, even though you don't feel me, I'm still with you, always, you know. And um, also, he, he just encouraged me in growing with him, you know, um, walking with him and just, um, just pursuing him more. And, um, you know, I had really been praying for that and praying for the Holy Spirit and that weekend, you know, the Holy Spirit just took over, and um, it was so amazing, and I'm so thankful that I have this new uh, weapon that I'm going to be using against the devil, and, you know, he, he doesn't have nothing on my family anymore, and I just fear, feel like the fear was just broken. The fear was broken off, and it just feels so good. And, um, you know, a big word that he told me personally um, was that to color outside of the lines. And that he's just so happy looking at, you know, his child coloring outside of the lines. And for me, it was just like, he's going to make beauty out of the chaos in our lives. And it's it's going to be amazing. Everything doesn't have to be perfect. Everything doesn't have to be a certain way. You know, he's going to make it beautiful no matter how it looks. And he gets so much joy out of that. So praise the Lord. Come on, let's rejoice. Karina had an absolutely transforming experience being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Come on. Come on, we rejoice, we rejoice in the testimony of the Lord. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You know, the Lord is worthy of praise. You know that? You can be seated for a minute. We're going to continue. Service is going to be a little different today. But you know, one of the things that uh, is, is uh, we want to encourage in you is that you will proclaim the goodness of the Lord to, to your friends. You know, there is power in our testimony. We have an expression that my wife and I use all the time that one person's, one person's testimony is another person's prophecy. And what that basically means is when, when you speak out what God's done in your life, it brings hope to other people. Do you know that? That when, when you say something and you declare something that God's done in your life, it sparks life into other people. The breath of the Lord, we just sang a song about his breath in our, our lungs. 
In the Old Testament, the word for, for breath is ruah. It's the spirit of the living God. It's the spirit that God gives. He's put in every single person. And when we give testimony to God, what we do is we bear witness with that spirit that's in other people. And so what we want to do today is we're going to have some, some people, a couple more people come up and share. But I want to just talk to you a little bit about the power of our testimony. Because the power of our testimony, the, the scripture says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 21, it says that the tongue has the power of life and death. Has anyone ever spoken something negative to you? You know, where they say something to you and all of a sudden the rest of the day you're walking around thinking about that? But what happens when someone speaks something positive to you? They encourage you, they build you up, they strengthen you. You walk around, you feel much better. You see, words, we have the old adage, sticks and stones will uh, break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But the truth is, words do hurt. And some of us carry burdens from the time we were little boys or girls that people spoke things over us that have scarred us. And you know what? God is in the healing business. You know, one of, the, of my favorite stories, if you come to Israel with us this next year, we're going to be going to a, uh, up along the Sea of Galilee on the northeast corner of the Sea of Galilee. There's a little town called Kersey. And Kersey is where Jesus went and met the, the demoniac man, the man that was living in the hills and cutting himself with stones. And, and the stone there is like, is like slate. It's very thin and sharp. And when we went there, Pastor Lynn, my wife, had a broken foot, and she was hobbling up on the top with her little boot, you know, Karen, you know how that feels, you know? And she gets up on top of the hill, and, and we picked up some of the stones, and I, I looked at them, and they were like razor sharp. And Jesus said to the man who was healed, it was interesting because he wanted to hang out with Jesus, and I love what Jesus did. He says, you know, you've got your healing, brother. Now what I want you to do is he says this in Luke chapter 8, verse 39. He says, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over the town how much Jesus had done to him. You see, there's a power in testimony. There's a power in the words that that man spoke because they knew him as the crazy guy living up on the hill that was running around stripping his clothes off and slicing himself with stones. And now he's insane mind. Now, let me tell you, if God could do that for him, what could he do for you and me? You know, the apostles in Acts chapter 4, verse 34, it says, And great power fell upon the apostles because they continued to testify of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, there is power in our words. There are power in what we speak. And one of my favorite verses is, is in the book of Revelation, the end of the, the whole Bible. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it says, And they triumphed over him, the devil. How? By the blood of the Lamb, which was the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made on the cross for every single person on this planet, whether they accept it or not, Jesus sacrificed himself for every human living being that has ever lived past, present, and future until he returns. So they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, and I love this, and by the word of their testimony. You see, the, the, the power that we have is incredible. And your, and your testimony affects people. I, I, I think of like the ways it affects you. It affects people, and I looked at three different areas. One is your story connects with other people. Have you ever told the story, your story of your life to someone, and they're like, oh, yeah, 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 man, I connect with that. That's, we're right on. It's, we're, in sign language, sorry, I'm talking with both my hands in my mouth. In sign language, this is like you and me together, you know? It's the same thing. You connect with people with your story. 
Another thing your story does that, that so many times Christians we forget is it, that it allows us to look beyond our past. I don't know how many people are completely 100% scar-free in this life. None of us. We all have junk in, in the back. We all have stuff in our history that has scarred us. Pain, regrets, sins, whatever we want to call it, that have scarred our life. We all have stuff in our past. And the beautiful thing about our testimony is it allows us to go back to our past and to take Jesus back to restore it. You know, we have a ministry here called Sozo, and you'll hear a little bit about it later. But one of the things in the Sozo ministry it talks about, it says, never visit your past without taking Jesus with you. You see, because I don't know about your past. My past was pretty jacked up. I wasn't raised in the church. Pastor Lynn was. I wasn't. So we, we, we match each other real well. She was raised in a church. Her biggest thing was, you know, doing bad stuff on Sunday morning, you know. My thing was doing bad stuff every day, every day. But, you know, when you take Jesus back to your past, he has a way of restoring and healing. Some of us have shame in our past. Some of us have guilt for things we've done in our past. Some of us have regrets. Some of us have had other people do things to us that have diminished who we are. And the enemy uses that constantly to tell us that we're not worthy. God could never, God could never forgive you. God could never use you. You have such a horrible past. You did such horrible things. And there's a theological term that I learned when I was in seminary for that. It's called hogwash. Okay? God is the restorer of all things. He doesn't make some things new. He makes all things new. He transforms us by the renewing of our mind. He transforms us by the blood of the Lamb. He transforms us by our surrender to Him. And one of the things that our testimony does, it allows us to go back and tell where Jesus has brought us from to where we're at. So you're no longer what you used to be. Scripture says, that's what some of you used to be. And he lists all these, Scripture lists all these things. And then it says, but you've been washed. You've been cleansed. You've been set free. You've been sanctified. You've been made holy. All right? And the third thing that your testimony does, and this is really, really good, because what our testimony does, it releases hope in other people. You know? If you, you hear someone, good news happens to them. You know? Wow, if that happens to them. Man, if, if that could happen to Rima, man, that could happen to me. You know? Man, if it happens to Bob, I mean, wow, if it happens to Bob, it happens to, you know? If it happened to Nick, Nick, if that happened to your life, man, what could God do in my life? And you see, one of the things that I love about Scripture, my, one of my favorite verses, Sabrina, Jeremiah 29, come here. Come on, come on, come on, come here. Let me see your mic. Jeremiah 29, 11 is my favorite verse. And Sabrina is my Jeremiah 29 gal. Every time I see her, I call her Jeremiah, you know. Let me, come on over for a second. You're going to, you knew you were testifying today, didn't you? Okay, relax. Peace, girl. Peace. You're up here with me, you know. But in Jeremiah 29, 11, there's a section, Jeremiah 29, 11 is a great verse, but surrounding it is a really cool verse because what happened is the people of Israel were enslaved and people were prophesying to them how God wasn't able to do something in their life. And the scripture says this in Jeremiah 29, 10, this is what the Lord says. Your Babylonian 70 years are complete. 
I will attend to you and confirm my promise to you to restore to you to this place. And then he says, verse 11, he says, For I know the plans the Lord has for you. Should I make you quote it? to prosper you and not to harm you plans uh, to give you a hope in a future and then and then he says this he says then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you you will seek me and you will find me you will search for me with all of your heart and I will be found by you declares the Lord and I and listen to this not only you find the Lord he says I will restore How many of you need restoration from something in your past? You need God to restore something and renew something. He says, I will restore uh, you from your captivity and gather you from all of the nations and places that have banished you, declares the Lord. And I will restore to you to the place which you have been sent by me. So you went to the ladies' retreat. This is your second year, right? Yes, this is my second year. And You're getting um, a rock girl, aren't you? It's been a crazy journey. It's been an amazing journey. It's been, I've learned so many lessons, even in the past few months. I'm growing and I'm yearning to learn every day. And it's, um, it's, been, it's been wonderful. I actually, we've been going to this church for about a year and a half, maybe, and uh, maybe almost two years. And... Um, Prior to the, these two years, I was actually in a five-year relationship that was extremely toxic, and um, it was affecting my health, my mentality, um, everything in my life, and it was affecting my relationships with my family, and um, it, it, I didn't know. I was so blind, and, uh, and then I went to this retreat, and and it just blew me away. All these women are so empowering and so um, inspiring. Their stories and getting to know everybody individually is just um, amazing. And so this second retreat just put the cherry on top because <laughs> it was um, uh, it was just uh, life changing. And I really know that it's confirmed like hey i'm here with you i'm watching you i'm guiding you i could be anywhere else but here and i want to thank the church family for that they have been so supportive um you guys are amazing and and i don't know you know that's just basically my story i'm learning every day i'm learning lessons and and i'm taking it a day at a time and even even a couple days ago the enemy knew i was going to testify and he's trying to attack me but I'm like no I pray I pray right away I pray that out and I'm just like I rebuke it and I just I move on forward and I'm like I'm going to testify and I'm going to do it I'm going to do it so thank you thank you so much all right you know what as Sabrina was talking the Lord said to me there are some of you in this room where you have children about the age of Sabrina that you say are far from him. And the Lord has sent Sabrina's testimony to give you a word for your child and to say, you know what? I did it for her. See, Sabrina was baptized in the Holy Spirit this last uh, 
and slain in the spirit too <laughs> to confirm her baptism because she needed confirmation and uh but I want you to, I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, some of you have children far off. Some of your children aren't serving the Lord. Some of your children are prodigals around the age of Sabrina. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. The Lord wants to, he's speaking. He wants to give you faith for that child. You know what? You know, I want you to come forward actually. Because we're, we're going to break, you know, sometimes the safe spot is like the little hand up. And you know what? We're going to stomp on the devil's head. We're not going to be afraid to get out there and put our feet where they belong. Come on. We're going after it. We're going after it. We're not going to be shy. We're not going to be shy. This is your territory. This is your territory. Pastor David, Pastor David, he has a word. Yeah, I, uh, I was that prodigal. And just this last week, I talked to someone that reminded me of how I came to faith. I was this rebellious, hellborn, you know, goody two-shoe looking on the outside, but really messed up on the inside. And what God did is God got a little church that started praying for me. And they prayed for me. They actually, back when they used to get pictures, they, took my, they went to my mother and asked my mom for a high school yearbook picture. And they duplicated it and passed it out to the whole church to pray. And they said, if there's one hellion in town that needs to get saved, it's David Willis. And look what God has done. And if God could do that for me, he could do that for your sons and your daughters. And as a, as a byproduct of a praying church, I'm going to pray over you for your kids. That God is going to release, like he says in Jeremiah 20, uh, 29, 14... He said, or 13, you will, or excuse me, 12. You will call upon me and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart. I will be found and I will restore to you that which was captive. So we're going to anoint, Pastor Lynn's going to anoint you with oil and I'm going to pray over you and we're going to believe together that God is a restorative God. Father, right now we come to you in that name that is above every name. We come to you the name that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to the glory of God that Jesus Christ is Lord. And Lord, we pray for these sons and daughters. We pray for these sons and daughters, these relatives of ours, that God are not walking in your ways, that God, your Holy Spirit right now will be released over their circumstances and situations. We pray, God, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will track them down. As the one uh, poem writer said that there, there's a hound in heaven that's going to track them down. And Lord, they are your sons and daughters and we release over them the future and the destiny that you have for them. We bind the enemy who wants to destroy, kill, and steal from us. And Lord, we release the grace of Jesus Christ on each of these situations. I pray just like you did in my life that God, you will bring non-family members into their lives that will talk to them about Jesus Christ. I pray that you bring co-workers. I pray that their spouses, if they're married, would come and have a, a powerful encounter with you. And God, together there will be restoration among families. Lord, we pray and believe, God, that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we imagine or ask. And right now, God, we ask for your, your children. They're not even our children, Lord. They're just on loan to us. But God, we ask that your children would come back to faith. 
We pray that if there's any addictions in their life, that God, you would break those off. If there's any uh, uh, lifestyle choices that need to be changed in their lives, God, you would change those, Lord. If there's any friendships that they have that are keeping them away from you, Lord, we ask that those friendships would dissolve. I pray, God, that you will use anything and everything in your power to teach your sons and daughters how much you love them and how much you care for them and how much you died for them in that name that is above every name. And right now, I want you to do something prophetically. If you're standing up here, I just want you to claim your sons and daughters. I want you just to say, Lord, I call David or whatever their name is back to you. Lord, we're going to release the restoration power of our God to them. Lord, we release their destiny to you, Lord. Lord, we release their future to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Lord says you go to battle, go to battle, go to battle, go to battle. You outplay, you outlast, you outsmart the enemy. Did I not give these children to you? Did I not give these children to you? Did I not give these children to you? We say, yes, you did, Lord. Yes, you did. These children still belong to you. Go to battle. Go to battle. This is your inheritance. This is your inheritance. This is your heritage. The enemy is trying to sever your heritage. Listen, the enemy is trying to sever your heritage. You go to battle. This belongs to you. Don't you dare accept the word of the enemy for your child. You accept the word of the Lord. Lord, I pray over the emotions of these parents, step-parents, grandparents, spiritual parents. Lord, I pray for their emotions, that they will not let their emotions lead them. But they will let your Holy Spirit lead them. Because their emotions may feel down. Their emotions may want to give up. Their emotions may get angry, whatever. But, Lord, we surrender our emotions to you. And say, my emotions will not dictate. Your word will dictate. Your word. I believe. Help my unbelief. I believe, Lord. I believe even if, even if circumstantially things look different. I will believe. I will believe you, Lord. I will believe, Lord. I say increase, Father. Increase, Father. Increase, Lord. When they look at that son or daughter or grandchild, stepson, stepdaughter, whatever, Lord, as they look at that person, Lord, that they would see them as you see them. Lord, that they would see them as yours, that they belong to you. That the, and Lord, even their speech, I pray over the speech, Lord, that you would guide their words. Father, that they would talk to them just like you talk to them. Lord, that they would talk to them, Father, not as an unbeliever, not as a prodigal, but as one with an inheritance, one who belongs to the house of the Lord, that that's how you're going to talk to them. Talk to them by faith. Talk to them with expectation. No weapon, no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Lord, we claim these, these young people.
for you, Father. They belong to you, Father. And they will come to you, Lord. They will come and drink of your fountain. They will come and dwell in your house forever. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow them all the days of their life. And they shall, they shall, they shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Some people say we're crazy for doing that. We are. I mean, if I was going to a 49ers or Raiders game, I'd paint my body and wear a costume. You know? I mean, I'd rather be crazy for the Lord than for people that are like us. You know, we idolize sports figures and we idolize celebrities. You know, there is one that is awesome, and that's him. Rima, come. You know, another thing that happened at our retreat, actually, if you want to throw up the pictures, uh, uh, Dylan, if, come on up, Rima, you're coming. Uh, just the pictures of the women's retreat. I think we have three of them. Chris and I swiped two from your uh, Facebook page. So uh, this is the, the group of ladies that went. The next one is uh, me crashing the party. My grandkids looked at that and they're like, Pa, you're not supposed to be there. Uh, the next one I got from Kristen, that's uh, testimony time. And then family, three generations. So... Here you go. So tell us, Rayma, what happened? So this is my second retreat. And uh, the first time when I came here, I just, um, I was born a Catholic. And uh, guilt came to me very easily. And yeah, so most of us know what that feels like. And then it was just when I moved in, I think in 2017 when I came here. And I was looking out for a church. I'll start with that because that's the journey that went, went out with me. Um, I was really praying for a church nearby. And I did not know that a couple of doorsteps away, there was a church right there. And that was doing India missions. And I was so excited about it. It took me a long time to walk inside the church. And that was the first year that I saw that women had gone already for the retreat. And I was praying that next year, it should be good. And uh, last, the last retreat to this retreat... It was so powerful. Um, we are so blessed to be in this church because we don't really understand that we don't even have a concrete structures back in places in India where they cannot go. They have to hide. They actually have to hide and they have to appoint appointments to certain places and they can come. But here we come in freedom. We come in roaring in freedom, not even just quietly. We are just like lions walking in over here. That's right. And this retreat was bringing back the roar. So how, how could someone who was recently saved not have a roar? That's because you let fear rule you. That particular time, this retreat, the second retreat that I had was the season of pruning. Oh, I was being badly pruned. <laughs> I did not know. I thought that, okay, now I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I'm good. The Lord is doing wonders with me. And then next thing you know, snip, 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 snip. And it hurts. It hurts so bad. You don't want to confront certain things. And then it makes you confront. And it is nobody else, but it's the Lord Almighty that makes you confront with all the fears. 
my sisters and brothers in Christ, it's so wonderful to relieve that fear of barrenness. And when you say that, you know, I, I can say it unashamedly over here that I, I break those bondages of barrenness. Whoever ever said that, you know, that this is going to be a condition. The doctors may say it to you. Your family will say it to you. Your friends may say it to you. Sometimes some people even who are really close to the Lord, they also say it in a certain way that it hints it to you. But the Lord always says, I am the Lord of impossible. And when he does a miracle, when he does a miracle, it is you're claiming it already what's going to happen in future. And I see my babies coming. And I see my babies coming. He is going to appoint that time for me. He's going to appoint that time for me. And I know that. And at the same time, it was, I'm so glad you didn't go according to that format. <laughs> we had actually a program schedule and we did nothing according to that. It was just an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which I see a similar feeling. And all those dry bones <laughs> scream out. <laughs> but from the first retreat to the second retreat, I just don't, I, I'm an Indian after all. I'm just going to see the value for money. So I'm inside the church. I want all the freebies you can give me. So That's just not Indians. <laughs> <laughs> so on Tuesdays, whether it is for the deliverance prayers, whether it's on Wednesdays for the Bible studies, whether it's the Sozo ministry, whether it has been the life study with the victorious women of the cross, keep in touch. Keep in touch because the Lord is going to empower you so strongly. And this is a church which is a roaring church, a muscle church. And we are so proud that you are our pastors because you have taught us to have that relationship directly with God. Wherein everybody else tells you, okay, you know what? Come to me every Sunday and then we'll talk about it. No. Everybody over here builds that relationship with God. And this retreat has been one of those things wherein it just brought back my roar. Yeah. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's been exciting and I'm so excited for my brothers in Christ to see what you are going to go through then. Amen. 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 No, no, I want to pray. Uh, she brought, you, you can stay up here too because uh, one of the things the Lord has blessed my wife and I with is the ability to pray with people to break barrenness. And the reason we can break barrenness is because we've been in barren seasons. And I, I, in no way, I want, I want, let me just preface by saying this, in no way do I want to embarrass or shame anyone. This is uh, a place I, I have as a philosophy for our ministry here, is that we never expose people, we cover them. And what we want to do is we want to cover you with the blessing of the Lord. And if you're dealing, I want to deal with a couple things so that no one has to be singled out and say, oh, they're coming up for this. But if you're dealing with barrenness as far as for having children... I want to pray for that one. That's one of the things we want to pray for. We have children that their parents consider, Lynn and I, their grandparents in India, Sri Lanka, Japan, uh, Bangladesh. Bangladesh, where we have actually physically prayed with people where doctors have told them it's impossible for them to have children, and they now have multiple children. So be careful what you come up for because you may have multiples, okay? <laughs> that which you've prayed for has come upon you, okay? Uh, but we want to pray for that. We want to pray that God would 
break off barrenness, whether it's a physiological, where it's a spiritual, whatever it's emotional, whatever it is, I want to break that off so you can have children. Second thing we want to do is I want to pray that God would break off any barrenness in finances as well. That I just really felt when you were speaking that the Lord was saying, I want to release the treasures of heaven to you. This is not a prosperity gospel, folks. So if you're sitting out there thinking, oh, you're just naming it and claiming it. No, we're not. We're actually asking the Lord to restore to his sons and daughters what is rightfully theirs. I, I'm a grandpa. I, my grandkids want something. They get whatever they want. Their mom might, might not have it, but you know what? Grandma and grandpa are here, and it's just going to them, you know? And I tell you what, the Lord wants to restore. He is a restorer of things. And I've seen it in my life. We, ha- we, we had to foreclose on a house. And I thought we'd never have a house again. And God gave us a house. We had a 1,600-square-foot house. God restored to us a 4,200-square-foot house right on the water in Seattle. God is a good God. And God wants to release that over you. And you may not have faith to believe it for yourself, but I tell you what, I have faith to believe for you. And so if you have either of those two things, I don't know if you, you want to add anything to that. Okay. So if you have those things, I want you to stand and come up. We're going to pray up here. We're going to believe God together for those things in your life. We're going to release that over you. We're going to release what God has for you. All right. Come here, Rama. This is what the Lord said. Those of you that are on the barren wombs, get on this side. Those of you the financial thing, get on this side. Barren womb, come on this side. Because Rama, she's going to pray over the barren wombs. Okay. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's break it off. Let's break it off. Let's break it off. Amen. By faith. By faith. I'm going to have you pray. And because as you pray, you declare. You decree. Faith for Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I'm going to take two to I think tango. that's going to take two, right? Okay, come <laughs> over here. Your hubby's not here, huh? He's not here. He's here right there. Okay. I'm going to anoint with... She's going to pray. You're all going to believe. Thank you, Lord. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Pray with faith. Heavenly Father, you are the mighty God. Yes. Yes, Lord. When you said, be fruitful and multiply, it meant for all of us. We claim that blessing, O Lord. We claim that blessing, O Lord God Almighty. We break all the spirit of barrenness within us, O Lord. Whoever said to us all those claims, those evidences, those facts, we break them under our feet, O Lord God Almighty. That holds no true, O Lord. It doesn't hold true in front of you, O Lord. O Father God Almighty, whoever said that these are not to be fruitful, we are fruitful, O Lord. Thank you. We declare and decree that today in this house, we are going to be fruitful, O oh Lord. That our children, we and our house, O oh Lord, we will serve you, Lord. All the children that are going to come, the babies, O oh Lord. Yes, Father. Thank you, Father. Your blessing is upon us, O oh Lord. We declare and decree from today onwards that this is a house that will serve the Lord, O oh Lord. Yes. We claim our blessing, O oh Lord God Almighty. Horia Baba Sheketheria Baba Sekete. Horia Baba Sheketheria Baba Sekete. Thank you, Father. Yes. We break all those generational curses, yes. those, all those lineages that have been telling us yes. and that they have been binding us. We break those bondages, O oh Father Almighty. 
we break them oh lord god almighty you have the power oh lord you yes. have the power over yes. our house yes. we release your blessing into our house and anoint ourselves oh lord almighty with your fruitfulness and your blessing in jesus name we pray amen amen i want you to anoint these people with yeah, this is this is prosperity you know what it's gonna be the babies are gonna come and they're gonna be assigned to you the babies are going to come and they're going to be assigned to you. Now, if you need to be on this side, you all spread out now, okay? We're going to give some room. And when those babies come. Are you all come, afraid to be on this side in case you get pregnant? Come on. And when those babies come and you have oh, sleepless nights, get thank the Lord. Amen. Oh, fruitfulness. You know, we believe in anointing with oil. Uh, oil represents the Holy Spirit. And oil represents, uh, have you ever spilled oil on something? It gets all down in all the nooks and crannies, and it gets in places that sometimes you can't even see. And so we're going to anoint, we anointed for fertility with pomegranate oil from Israel. Now we're going to anoint with a prosperity, uh, uh, oil that represents prosperity. And God, I believe God wants to release over you an abundance. And let me tell you what he wants to do with it. He doesn't want to release it so you could use it for yourself. He wants you to, he wants to release it over you so you could use it to expand his kingdom. See, God is not into, selfishness is not a fruit of the spirit. Okay? And, and, and my prayer is that when God releases that, you, you are disciplined enough in your relationship with him this way, that you honor him. Honor him with your first fruits. Honor him with the blessing. Honor him with his covering over you. All right? And I'm going to believe that God, God is going to do that because he's done it in our life. Pastor Lynn, if you want to anoint, we're going to pray. Father God, we come to you for these precious brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, I pray that, God, you would do several things for us. Lord, I pray that you would help us, those of us that are out of alignment with our finances. Lord, you can't bless irresponsibility. Lord, you can't bless uh, wastefulness. Lord, you do not bless uh, uncommitted finances to you. And Lord, I pray that there would be a realignment of our finances. Lord, your word tells us that if we seek first the kingdom of God, all of these things shall be added unto us. And right now, God, I pray that you would recalibrate us. Some of us have been pulling to ourselves. We've been looking to our own ability. And we forget what the scripture says, that is the Lord is the one who gives us the ability to create wealth. And I pray that, Lord, you would bless each and every person, each family that's represented here, each business that's represented here, even opportunities that haven't yet materialized, that, Lord, we're standing up because we're at a, we're at a, a crossroads of what you want to do in our professional and personal lives. And I pray that right now, God, there will be a release of your provision over us. I pray that, God, that you will, you will look at us and say, there is someone that is worth giving more talents to because they're good stewards of what they have. And I pray, Father, there'll be a release in our creativity. Some of us, God, we have a blockage in our brains that are not allowing us to think the way we should. And I pray that, God, there'd be a release in our minds to, to have a transformation. And Lord, that comes through the word. I pray that as we read scripture, that our minds will be renewed. Some of us have, have thinking that is contrary to your your. Uh, plan and pattern for how we handle finances. And I pray that, God, you would bl bless and release us 
into walking in obedience and finances. I pray that, God, you would help us to be good stewards because the resources you give to us aren't ours that we use for whatever uh, plan or purpose we have. But, Lord, we have to ask you. And I ask that, Lord, you would help us to manage those resources. I pray that you would help us to be good managers of the, 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 the finances that are placed into our hands, the resources uh, for our businesses that are placed in our hands. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to make good business decisions as far as even making contracts and agreements with other businesses and how we handle our relationships that way. I pray that you would raise up in us an attitude that is so upright that people would look at us and say, man, I want to do business with that person because they are trustworthy, they're honest, and they're fair. And Lord, we thank you for your goodness. I pray right now, God, that you will just pour out blessing, blessing, blessing upon your sons and daughters. Lord, I pray that there would be a release over us in areas that have once been barren, which now are going to have streams running through them. I pray that, Lord, like Scripture says, you're going to take the, the desert place and make it into a garden. I pray that you're going to take the dry ground and make it into lush ground. I pray that you're going to take that place that nothing could grow, and all of a sudden now, Lord, you're going to release in it an ability to grow in ways that people are going to stand back and say, how did that happen? And then at that point, Lord, we'll be able to give a testimony of the goodness and faithfulness of God. I pray that, God, our testimony will be so powerful that people will come to faith as a result of it. I pray that as we share our testimony, people will be amazed that God cared enough about us that he reached into our circumstance and situation and changed it. And, Lord, right now I just release that over each and every person. And Lord, I pray faithfulness on us, Lord. I pray that we would be men and women who are faithful in the little so that we'll be faithful with the much. I pray that there's no duplicity in the way we handle our finances, but I pray there's honesty and integrity. I pray that, God, there would be a consistency, that we handle our finances the same way in private as we do in public, and there'd be no shame on us, there'd be no greed on us, There'd be no uh, self-promotion with it, Lord, but we would use it for your glory and as a testimony of the goodness of God upon us as his sons and daughters. In Jesus' name we ask, amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah, you can be seated for a minute, one minute. I have so much oil on my hands right now. Slippery. That's okay, though. It's all worth it. And I am actually not going to preach to you today, so FYI, although everything always ends up in a preach on me, <laughs> and I'm proud of it at this point in my life. I'm proud of it. You know, what else? My children, it was funny. My children, uh, the greatest discipline for them was they had to listen to one of my sermons. Not like on a podcast or anything, just me and them. I preach at them. They had to sit and whatever. So I was like, Mom, please, you know, I'll obey, you know. It's funny, but they all serve it in the Lord, so it's so worth it. You know what I mean? Godly young people. Praise the Lord. You know what? We're going to go into more time of prayer because this, Pastor David, I came back from the women's retreat, and I'll tell you, it was Holy Spirit monsoon. And, uh, and when there's Holy Spirit monsoon, I always know that the spirit realm is stirred. Okay? So sometimes, and I prepared the ladies, you're going to go back because the, the enemy doesn't want you to walk in your power. You know that? 
He doesn't want you to. He can't prevent you except for he'll try to discourage it. So, um, so as I was sharing with Pastor David some of the testimony, I, I had to laugh. I mean, it's kind of like some of the things that happened at the retreat, I just wanted to crack up at, as, you know. I mean, yeah, it's just, I just wanted to sit and laugh. I mean, Holy Spirit laugh, you know what I mean? It's like, you know what, the enemy was so defeated. And yet we have to walk out. Hello? Hello? Yes, Jesus? Yes. Um, we have to walk it out. And um, so I was sharing with Pastor David, and I was going to preach this Sunday, and we were just talking about, uh, you know, how Sunday would go. And he said, you know, I don't want you to preach. Oh, okay. And he said, I want us to have just a prayer time. I just want us to take some of the things that the Lord did with you guys on that weekend and carry them over because the Holy Spirit is at work, and he's at the work. So we had a prayer time with the youth unlocking some things for them. I think that's just the beginning. Many of those young people don't come from Christian homes. So there, that's probably new. There's like this crazy lady came in. I don't know who she was really. I never seen her. Uh, she's usually not there on Wednesdays. She prayed with me. She said some things. I'm like, you know, but we unlocked. See, we, we unlock. And a lot of times we want um, a result before we actually unlock. Hmm, think about that. Unless God gives us that immediate result, we don't think God's at work. And actually, he is at work. He's at work. And so there's this atmosphere that the Holy Spirit is over this house. And we need to not ignore that, but be in agreement with that. And so that's what today's about. We're going to go into a couple more things the Lord has laid upon our hearts. But let me share with you a story. Um, Pastor Dave and I, when we were in Roger, uh, in a in India, we lived in uh, New Delhi for a year, and then we lived in Lucknow after that. And when we were in New Delhi, we worked with some people who were working in uh, Rajasthan, which is a state above. It's above? North. Rajasthan? It's below? Okay. Still don't have the geography quite right. But anyway, it's a state around where we were living. And so we were working with them, and they did ministry in the outskirts of uh, Jaipur, which is in the state of Rajasthan. And they were ministering to a tribe, this tribe on the outskirts. And this tribe had the belief that they had a curse on them and that they could never have a land or a place to call their own. They were a Bedouin tribe that believed that they could never have a place of their own. So as a result, and this had gone on for centuries, I guess, or years, and they, they actually were preyed upon by people, and their children and women were trafficked. They're very impoverished. They're very vulnerable because they believed when they were talked with that their destiny was despair. Their destiny was destitution. And that they had no power over their circumstances because they believed that this is what their destiny was. They had that belief. They had a negative view and they were committed to that. Do you know where I'm going with this? <laughs> and so there was difficulty to open the door for them to believe because they believed that change could not happen for them. Sometimes we've been handed down a script for so long that we believe a certain thing. 
that our circumstances feed into a script of, I don't have an inheritance, I don't have power, this will never happen in my life. And that's why it's important that we believe what God's word says. That's why Romans chapter 12 is important. That we are transformed by what? The renewing of what? Our thoughts, right? Our, our mind. Because our faith and our thought life are very strongly connected. Now we're going to go into scripture. Actually, before I do that, I, I want to say this word the Lord gave me when I was praying. He says this. This is a prophetic word. His children are the incarnation of his ability to bring victory. That good. His children are the incarnation of his ability to bring victory. In, in other words, we walk, where incarnation means to be walking, to be made alive on this earth, to live it out. We are his ability to bring victory. <laughs> we are his testimony of victory. And therefore, victory is yours. Because the enemy wants to steal or convince you through deception or manipulation that you do not deserve the inheritance Christ has for you. The world is telling you, and I'm going to hit some things really hard in prayer today, and I hope you go for it. I want you to go for it. The world wants to tell you through their philosophies and their theories and their studies and their PowerPoints and their charts that you cannot have victory over certain things. That's what the world's script is. And when you echo the world's response and you say the answer is from the world, and that answer is contrary to the word of God. You're deceived. Some of us have more of a dialogue with the world's views on our circumstance than we have with the Holy Spirit on our circumstances and situations. We're dialoguing with the wisdom of the world, not with the wisdom of God. We are not to have agreement with the world. We are to not accept or adopt the bondage of this world. You do not have to adopt the bondage. It could have been handed down. It could be from generation to generation. I'm telling you, it could stop with you. I'm telling you, it can. John 10, 10. The enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy and Genesis tells us that. He introduced evil. God only introduced good. But Jesus says, but I have come that you might have life. And life abundantly. That's your inheritance. There's a story in Judges. I was in Judges for my devotional time with the Lord. And this story just really impacted me. And I'm not going to go into the details of the story. Okay, that's not the purpose of it. But I want to highlight something. It's a story of the 
the man that ended up becoming a judge in Israel. And a judge in Israel at that time, there was no kings at the time. So judges were the ones that were in charge of Israel, even spiritually, legally too. And so there's this man by the name of Jephthah. Jephthah, and I think we have a, the story here. But this man actually was a son of a prostitute. So his brothers told him, so they all had the same father, but he was the son of a prostitute, and he um, was actually considered a great warrior. This is in Judges 11, and the story is in Judges 11 and 12. But he was a, a son of a prostitute, so even though he was a great warrior, the brothers told him in verse 2, you shall not have an inheritance in your father's house because you are the son of another woman. So they kicked him out. Bam. You don't get the inheritance. Okay, so there he goes. But then his brothers ended up having the enemy come against them. They were challenged by their enemy. And then they said, where's that great warrior, our good brother? You know, come on back. So they went and got Jephthah. And they asked him to arise and lead them into battle. And so the story goes on that there's actually a, I don't know if it was a purposeful deceit or miscommunication, but one of the kings, the king of the Ammonites, said that Israel stole their land from them when they came out of Egypt. But Jephthah said, you know what, you don't have it quite right. That's not actually true. We did not take your land when you came out of Egypt. We took the land of the Amorites. Okay, there's Am, Ammo, there were Ammonites and then Amorites. He said, that's not true. Our God took the land from the Amorites and gave it to us. Okay, so that's kind of the text. And then Jephthah says, because this, this king is trying to convince him this land doesn't belong to them. This is what Jephthah says to him. Verse 23, and now the Lord God of Israel has dispossessed and driven out the Amorites from before his people Israel. So why should you possess it? Why should we let you have what our God fought for and won for us? Why should we let you have that? Verse 24, the conversation goes on. He says, to this king, and everything that the Lord our God dispossessed before us, we will possess. In other words, everything that our God took from the enemy belongs to us, and we will possess it. I will not give up. It's already ours, and I'm now going to go after it and get it because it belongs to us. It's our inheritance. It's time for you to possess that which the Lord has taken from your enemy and given to you. Jesus on the cross took back everything the enemy stole from you. And it's time, church, for you to not lay back and say the enemy's having his heyday in my life. You're to go and say, guess what? Everything the Lord God dispossessed or took back from the enemy, it's my possession. And I will not put up with it. Some of you 
have a view of your enemy as formidable. What does that mean? Formidable. That your enemy inspires fear or respect. You believe your enemy is impressively large. You give a lot of credit to your enemy, whatever that may be. And the Lord wants you to say your enemy is not formidable. Because according to Colossians 2.15... Jesus disarmed the powers and authority. What did he do? He took away their weapons. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he took the ability for those weapons to be effective against you. They may have weapons, but they cannot be effective against you. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them. He made them look foolish. He said, you are defeated. You are foolish. And having done that, he did it by triumphing over the cross. Why did he do it? He did it for you. He did it for you so that he could say, now, everything that I dispossessed from your enemy, you go and possess it. This morning, I feel like Jesus is saying, I got to lead some of these people as my captives into victory. (laughs) I'm going to lead them in it. They don't want some of you. Like, I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to stand up there. I don't want any of that oil on me. And the Lord says, you know what? I'm going to lead you as my captives into victory. (laughs) But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession. He has come today to say, you know, I'm going to captivate you. And I'm going to lead you into victory. We have some things we're going to pray for. We've already done some, but the Lord wants us to go after a few things. Isaiah 54, verse 17 says, No weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. This is your inheritance. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Are you allowing a weapon that's formed against you to prosper? Because the word of the Lord for you, it says, no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. No weapon, no weapon, no weapon, no weapon. So, you know what? We're going to go after some things. We're going to go after some things right now that the world says stay out. See, the enemy, you know what I've noticed that he's done? There's certain things, certain issues that the, the enemy has made the church afraid to confront because of the philosophies of the world. The world's going to get mad. The world's going to get mad if I confront that. And one of those things, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be really honest with you because this is about my obedience to the Holy Spirit. One of the things that has really stirred my heart was the epidemic of mental illness in our world. And it's like the enemy has made mental illness an identity for people. And I have come. I have come that you might have life. And life abundantly. 
nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible. Some of us, and I can speak to this, I can speak to this actually very strongly because mental illness has run in my family. My mom, I shared this testimony at the women's retreat. My mom broke it off. She did not hand it down. Thank God. My mom tried to commit suicide when I was, when I was just an infant. 1965. She wanted to run her car with her children and it into a wall. She was a pastor's wife. But you know what? The Holy Spirit brought ministers to her and broke that off. It was a bondage that had been carried on in her home, in her life. And she said, I'm not carrying that on. You do not have to pass it on. You do not have, you know what? And I just say, you know what? The Lord, he, he makes us whole. He makes us whole. He says, I have given you a sound mind. I have given you not a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. That is your inheritance. You may have a diagnosis. You may have a line that you say, I fear that it will follow into my family or my children. And the Lord says, you know what? You take authority over that. Isn't what I have dispossessed from the enemy, doesn't that belong to you now? I want, if you say, yep, yep, I can at some level Say, I need to have this broken off. It may be in a line in your family, like I just talked about. Maybe in something that you've experienced. It may be in a loved one. I want you to stand right now. Just stand. We're going to go after it. Go after it. Go after it. Some of you are afraid. And you're going to go after it. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a, and a, and a, and a. That sound mind belongs to you. That sound mind belongs to your family. That mind of peace. That mind of shalom, that mind of clarity. We will not, we will not let the enemy have our minds. We will not let the enemy have our minds. They belong to you, Jesus. We will have your mind. Mind of Christ, mind of Christ, mind of Christ. Spirit of fear. Some of you, the Lord needs to break off the spirit of fear. You have a spirit of fear. Some of you, the enemy is still in your sleep. He has caused you to not have sleep. And the Lord says, I give sleep to my beloved. I give rest to my beloved. Some of you have anxious minds, anxious thoughts. Casting all your cares on him. Casting all your cares on him, for he cares for you. Casting doesn't mean we don't, we live without cares. It means what do we do with them? We cast them all on you. We cast them all on him.
some of us, I'm just, I'm just going to lay it down, lay it down. Some of us, our spirit of fear gives us a controlling need to control. Oh, no. Now we're going in deep water. And the thing is, the Lord doesn't want you, and that feeds, that feeds the wrong things. It feeds our tendency towards fear or anxiety or over-perfectionism. And the Lord says, you know what? I want you to surrender that control to me. I want you to surrender that control to me. Because it's born and birthed in fear. It's born and birthed in fear. And scripture says, perfect love casts out all fear. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. Breathe life. We're going after something that the world doesn't like to go out. They want us to go after. Holy Spirit. Come on. I now want you to start worship. I want you to go after it right now. Go after it. Some of you think, I'm going to do it. I'm not doing it. You're doing it. You're going after you're in here. I can't win. I can't take your mountain. You take the mountain. Take the, it starts with believing. Believe God. Are you like the tribe in Rajasthan that believes that their destiny is not having their inheritance? Come on. Oh, break it off, Lord. Break it off the spirit of fear. We don't have to fear. We don't have to fear. We don't have to fear mental illness. It's not greater than you, Lord. It's not greater than you. It's not greater than you, Lord. It's not greater. It's not our identity. It's not the identity of our child. It's not our identity. You are the healer. You're the restorer. You bring the right mind, Lord. We tear down the stronghold that's been embedded by the enemy who has tried to convince us that it's a destiny. It's not. It's not. That's a lie. 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 A sound mind is a destiny. You're our destiny, Lord. We believe your word. We believe your word. We walk in your word. You say, say to this mountain, it be removed. By your spirit, I will rise from the ashes of defeat. Come on, the Lord's resurrected a new thing. Come on. Come on. He died for this, that you might live.
you know, I feel like the enemy saying, yo, Pastor Lynn, this is the enemy saying, you're going into dangerous territory. You're going into dangerous territory. You know what I'm going to tell you? A few years ago, I think it's like three years ago, when I, Pastor David was talking about me going to Israel with a broken foot, the doctor told me not to go. I went anyway. He actually, I cried in the room, and then he decided to let me go after I cried and cried. <laughs> I was so upset. And he's all, well, you be really careful. If you go, you have to be really careful. I thought, I'll be really careful. Okay. But one of the things that I did when I was in Israel is I climbed the mountain. And I climbed the mountain where the man who was out of his mind, if, in Kersey, it was out of his mind running around that Pastor David shared that story and how Jesus ran toward him. People ran away from them because they were scared of him. He had, it was almost like a, he had such a powerful spirit on him, very violent. People ran away from him because they feared him. But Jesus, if you read the text, he, ran, he runs towards him. And as he's running towards him, he's casting out the spirit that is binding his mind. So I, I hike up with my boot like this very carefully up this slate-like rocks mountain. And when I get to the top, I declare, Lord, give me the mentally ill that they would be healed in this house because nobody wants that because they're afraid of it but Lord you came with your blood and you came and said run toward them run toward them my power is greater quit fearing people believe God the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you let us believe. We believe, Lord, that the resurrection power, the resurrection power heals the mind. It doesn't matter what the history is. It doesn't matter how long they've been in their mental illness. You are the resurrection and life. You are able to free. You are able to break the chains that are holding them down. And we speak to those chains. Speak to those chains. Speak to those chains there to be broken. We will run toward them knowing that you have healing power. You restore. You restore. You put the man in his right mind and made him a witness of the glory of God. He became a testimony so powerful that when Jesus returned to the region, multitudes came to see him because of the testimony of this man. You are the healer, the resurrection power. We will not be in agreement with despair. We will be in agreement with your word. Arise, shine, the light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen over them. They are not to dwell in darkness, not in the dark places in their mind, but they are to walk in victory with the mind of Christ, that they will walk in 
by your spirit. Come on, to everybody stand. Everybody. Sing it. seated for a second. I, uh, I want to address the issue, and I didn't even, I didn't see, we don't share our notes or anything before we get up here, and I, I walked up to her and said, I want, to, I want to address the area of addiction in people's lives. And she says, well, I have it right there. That's the very next thing in my notes. And we live in a culture that is a culture of addiction. Uh, and we, uh, we honor people that are addicted. You know, and uh, God wants to break that off of us. I want to speak, and I know there's some younger kids in here. I don't want to be offensive in any way, but I want to talk specifically to primarily the men about sexual addiction. And I know it's not it's not just for men, but I because I know there are. I, I, we worked in university ministry for years, and I, I I read a lot, and I understand there's a lot of women that are addict, addicted to sex as well that God wants to break that addiction off of you. He wants you to be restored. Isaiah 53 says that through his stripes, we maybe sometimes possibly can be healed. That's the way we read it in our translations. Well, you don't understand. I've been, I've been a, a, an addict, and it could be area of sexuality. It could be an area of drugs. It could be an area of alcohol. It could be an area of gossip. It could be an area of slander. It could be an area of negative thinking. Any of those things you're addicted to, shopping, you name the addiction, God wants to break it off of you. You cannot be free when you're addicted to something. You cannot be free when that thing controls you. You cannot be free when you're living a double life. You can't be. You're always trying to cover up that, that past, that area. And the one thing I, I love about about scripture is it, it talks it says it says this is Isaiah 53 surely he took upon our pain and bore our suffering and yet we considered him punished by God stricken and afflicted but he was pierced for our sins hear that he was pierced for your sin and my sin he was crushed because of our iniquities and it says and the punishment that was brought uh, us peace was on him. So even though we're the ones that are walking in the lifestyles that are addicted, he bore the burden of that. He bore the weight of that. That's why they, they talk about uh, when, when Jesus was on the cross, his heart, they said his heart ruptured. And it's a, it's a physiological medical condition where when a person is under such incredible stress, the ca capillaries in their, in their blood system rupture and they sweat drops of blood. You know why? Because of all of this. Look around. 
Look around. Look around. Okay? See all the sin in those people? See all the sin in them? That's nothing compared to sin in us. But all of it together, collectively, was just like a pressure. You know, when I was younger, we used to do a thing called dogpile. Did you ever dogpile someone? You know, you get one, you throw them on the ground, and they'll jump on them. And the more weight you have, the more crushed a person is below you. Well, can you imagine the sin of the world upon you? That's why Jesus sweat drops of blood. But it says this, but by his wounds, we were healed. We are healed. Not we might be, or someday, you know, in the sweet by and by when we get up to heaven and there's no longer any worries. No, we are healed. Jesus is in the healing business. He didn't look for the healthy people when he was on earth. He looked for the the worst of the worst. He says, that's my pal. You know why? Because I know, you know, when you're really jacked up, you know you're jacked up, right? When you're really messed up, you know you're messed up. Someone doesn't have to tell you, oh, by the way, brother, you're really messed up. You're like, dude, I know it, you know? And when you're messed up, God comes to you and says, you know what? How about if I trade all your sorrows for my joy? How about if I take all of your pain, all of that that you're carrying in secret, and I take it and swap it out and give you something new? So whatever you're addicted for this morning, addicted to this morning, I want you to stand right now because God is going to break off. It is, it is a new season for your life. It is a new season for what God wants to do. It is a new season that he has for you. And you can't get rid of the old or have the new until you get rid of the old. So, Lord, we just release over us right now. And I'm standing with you. God, each and every one of us that's standing here this morning, God, we release to you our addictions. We release to you those things in our life that keep us back from being the men or women of God that you have called us and destined us to be. Lord, I speak to the spirit of fear that we have that's associated with standing. That God, you can, this is a, a canopy of safety, Lord. This is a, a place of refuge. This is, is, is as Quasimodo said, a sanctuary. It's a place where we come together, where we know the grace of God is going to surround us and cover us. And Lord, we come before you this morning, God, and we stand at the foot of the cross and we say, I'm here for my exchange. I give you my addictions, and I take your grace. I give you my addictions, and I take your peace. I give you my addictions, and I take your joy. I give you my addictions, and I take my rest. I give you my addictions, and I, I take on the, 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 uh, the, the peace, the shalom, not just a peace that is in our mind, but a, a totally encompassing peace that surrounds all of our body. Lord, I pray for us this morning that those of us specifically that are dealing with the area of sexual addiction, God, we may think it only affects us, but Lord, that is a lie. And we know that it affects everyone around us. The way we look at people of the opposite sex, the way we look at ourselves when we look in the mirror, the way we look at uh, people when we're, we're walking around. God, I pray you give us not just the mind of Christ, but give us the eyes of the Father. I pray that you give us eyes that are pure, eyes that are, are righteous, eyes that are set upon you and upon your precepts and upon your law. I pray that, God, you would restore in us a right relationship with you. And I pray that, God, you would cleanse us. Lord, some of his scripture says in Corinthians 
that you wash us, you cleanse us, you sanctify us. Right now, God, we confess our sin to you. And you just need to say to the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry right now. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me, Lord. Restore me, Lord. Renew me, Lord. Transform me, Lord. We ask you this, Lord, in that name that is above every name. And that, God, that at your name we bow. And we know that when we yield these things to you, Lord, you make all things new. Not some things new. Not most things new. But, God, you make all things new. In Jesus' name we ask. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Lord's a way maker. The Lord is a miracle worker. The Lord is a healer. Right, Michelle? Michelle, I just want you to briefly tell these people what the Lord freed you from. Drugs and alcohol. I was completely addicted. It ruled my world. And God set me free. Amen. She's been free for over a year now. She is free. She is free. Listen, we will not receive anything else but freedom in this house. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, come on, come on, declare it, declare it, declare it, declare it. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. because it starts with your beliefs. Do you believe? And you know, before we end our times, I know we have a business meeting, but you know what? I really feel like for those of you that Pastor Dave had prayed over regarding addiction, addiction is destroying homes, marriages, lives, families, health, minds, mindsets, emotions, finances, everything. And you know what? He's greater than that. You do not have to be in submission to that. But this is the thing. I want you to hear me. When I was praying about addiction, the Lord revealed to me that addiction, and if you look at it this way, it's going to help you. It's idolatry. It's having something set above God. Let me read what the Lord said. Addiction is what you go to for your comfort in a time of dismay or fear. Addiction is what you go to for strength other than God. Addiction is an idol that has been set up against the power of God. All addictions, all addictions can be broken through the power of the Holy Spirit. All addictions, all addictions are broken through life 
Listen, life in the spirit and the transformed mind, meaning it's not broken like, oh, I broke it, and then I can go on my merry way doing what I want. No, life in the spirit. Every day, every day I'm going to be in the spirit because that addiction is never going to have any authority over me anymore because I walk, if you walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. See, that's the key, people. So I really feel like some of you got to get rid of those idols. Get rid of those idols. Get rid of those idols. Get the idol out of your home. Get the idol off your internet. Be accountable so that you don't go access that idol. Let's, we're not playing around here. We're not pretending anymore. You're going to walk in power. You're going to walk in authority. Jesus paid it. Isn't what the... That, it, that the Lord has dispossessed belong to you as your inheritance? Yes. So we tear down the idols in our lives that we have gone to for comfort, Lord, rather than you. And I'm speaking to believers. If you're an unbeliever, of course, that would be what you would go to. But as believers, we go to you, Jesus. I don't reach for the alcohol to sedate me. I don't reach for the porn. I don't reach for my credit card to buy stuff that I don't need. I reach for you, Lord. Come on, people. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. Today's your day of freedom. Today's your day of freedom. It begins with a transformed mind. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. Chain breaker, 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 come on, chain breaker, chain breaker, chain breaker, chain breaker, chain breaker, you never stop, you never stop, even when I don't see it, you work. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. 
Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's just give him some thanks right now. The Lord, there's some chains that have been broken. The chains have been broken. We're going to believe God. We're going to expect God. We're not going to dilute your word, Lord. We're not going to dilute your word, Father. We're going to not have any other gods before you. Nothing will have authority over us except for you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We just want to give you thanks, Lord. We just give him some thanks, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. As you leave, I want you to walk out believing God, what God has done. Do not let the circumstances dictate to you. You dictate to the circumstances. When God created man and woman in the Garden of Eden, he created them spirit first, flesh second, physical second. But when sin came in, it became physical first, spiritually death, actually. But Jesus gave that back to us. Now we walk in the spirit first. So as you go, our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in high places. So know that as you are taking these giants down, as you're taking these mountains down, your fight is in the spirit realm, and there will be physical results to that. Okay? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for what you've done today. New season over this house, Lord. We will not return to a comfort zone. We will not return to boxed up religion. We will walk in the new thing that you're doing, Lord. You're increasing the territory, Father. We will be strong. We will be courageous. Lord, every person in this room, Father, can walk in their inheritance, Lord. You paid for it, Lord. May they walk out of here, Lord, with that revelation and that commitment to that revelation, Father. You have given them power. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your presence in your precious name. Amen, Pastor David. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, uh, we're thankful.